Hello, it is Matthew with BibleTruthProject.com. I want to welcome you to today's program. I want to thank you for listening. And I'm going to be discussing a uh, subject that is somewhat an observation that I've seen on social media the last while, and it, it involves the question of the legitimacy of Scripture. Now, there's a lot of argument in, in many different avenues here, but I want to bring uh, some of the thoughts and ideas out there, I guess, down and, and just compare them. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens. So first, first thing that I've been seeing is when we get into um, the scripture itself, one thing is certain denominations will break down certain types of uh certain types of translations to their benefit. They will use certain things to try to twist out uh, doctrines, views, things like this. And it has been my experience that that can be very dangerous, especially with the warning that was given um, in the Old Testament not to take away or add to to the Word of God. But let's just ask the question. You know, these were men, these were people who actually were people and they and they wrote this book yeah we say it was the inspiration of the holy spirit but from a uh how would you say it from a observation standpoint we could say that um it could be plausible that would there would be errors because the human was involved now that opens up a whole can of worms and i realize that but i think that's part of the discussion that we need to have about the bible and the word of god i take it as totally inspired, and I take it as totally divine. I think God revealed himself through those men and through the words that they wrote. And I think that it's it's vital that we understand the meaning and the spirit by which they wrote it. That is something that no person, no translator, uh, nothing... Will uh, will hamper with or or tamper with. Smith Wigglesworth used to make this comment that some people read their Bible in the Greek, some people read it in the Hebrew, and I read it in the Holy Ghost. And I think that is a very accurate uh, representation of what must happen when we truly want to understand what the Word says. I've been around people who speak fluent Greek, uh, speak fluent Hebrew. They have all sorts of different ideas. Uh, on what the Word says, and that's wonderful. So I guess the first thing I'm going to bring up is, okay, so we've established that there's differences and that, you know, it was it was humanity that wrote it, what gives them the uh, authority to write such things, and who gave the authority to the people who decided that those books were going to be Bible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We could go down that line, and I understand that argument. However, I think it's no different than today. We have people today who have experienced the power of God in their lives, who write books, who uh, write letters, who write, um, if you will, media things that help us even today. And I think that we need to understand that we have a foundation in what we believe in our faith, and that foundation is the Bible because it is the other people's experience. And we can learn from their experiences, and that's what it is. It's, it was decided that that is a foundation but today, you know, we have all these other people. And who, who do you follow? And who is right and who is wrong? Are you going to trust the scholar who to tell you what is the most accurate and correct way to understand what was written? Or are you going to trust the Holy Spirit who was given by Jesus to help us understand every word that he ever spoke and will lead us into all truth? 
And that brings me to the most important point, and that is the necessity of the Holy Spirit to understand the truth of God's Word. Most people today look uh, to philosophy and science to answer their problems. There's a lot of different types of scientific method out there. There's the study of philosophy, there's uh, logic, there's um, all sorts of different types. You just name it, okay? Everything is based on a philosophy of what we call science, which is basically trying to understand facts uh, by observation and uh, or and or mathematical uh, prediction. And so we try to use logic and reason to understand something that is not done by logic and reason uh, in that sense. God did not create the world via science. He created the world, world, uh, world via his word. It was the words that he spoke that created this world in its perfect scientific uh, creation. It's, it's absolutely magnificent what was done. And I don't think any of us will disagree. And many people will then interpret, well, there was no, God did not write in the sand, I am God, I made this. And so they will not believe that he is involved. The same critics also dissect the word of God. So as people who long to experience more and who realize that the answer of their their life was not in material things or where they were at, they called out to someone, a God. And God heard their cry and he answered. And the first one uh, that we know of in the Bible really is Abraham. And he is the father of our faith. Plain and simple. Abraham is the father of our faith. Now, what does that mean? Abraham was the first one to say, this is not correct. Something's wrong here, and I need to, I need to experience uh, something else. There's something that, need, that I need. And God, uh, and he reached out, and God answered him. And from that is born our access uh, that God has worked through all these generations, uh, through all the covenants that he made with mankind, has come down to our point. We have all this experience, the life experiences of many, many generations of people, hundreds, uh, hundred plus generations of people who have experienced God and who passed this information on to the next generation. So Abraham was the founder of that. So we could say that Abraham was the earliest writer. Uh, if you will, of faith material. Okay, and it was his life. So we read about that in Genesis. Now Moses wrote about Abraham in Genesis, so Moses was the author. But Abraham was the one who started this whole progression of faith. And it continued from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know the story. Uh, down through Joseph, um, all the way down into uh, David. Later on, the lineage goes all the way down to Jesus, and shortly after uh, the next generation there, uh, it was pretty much the diaspora of the Jewish nation, and so we've lost the, the blood trail, if you will, um, going back to Abraham for, for some, not, not for all, but for most. But having said that, those were the people of faith who walked before, and the Bible says that they were made an end sample or a, a living example of what God has done for us. And so when, when Jesus came, when the Mashiach came, he came to show us a better way, a way that, that a direct message from God, if you will. Now, Jesus did not write words down. He was not a scribe. He was not 
obviously did not use blogs. He did not use social media. He spoke to people's hearts. And these people then wrote down the accounts so that people could remember what he said. But it was, it was done in a second-person, if you will, format. Um, and how would I describe that? Okay, so we have, have people writing about something that they experienced or that somebody else experienced. And maybe sometimes details might get hazy. It doesn't change the fact that faith existed in these men. And it's their faith that is what we can trust in. The Bible says, then, to be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit promises. It doesn't say to be followers of the King James Version Bible. So I think it's important that we find men, uh, men and women of faith, who we can follow and trust in, because faith is a living thing. The Word of God just gives us direction. It gives us something to look to. These are men and women who have experienced faith and walked in it, and we can see what happened in their lives, and we're able to discern what God was saying to them. Okay? And that is what is so wonderful. And that's when Jesus came, that word became flesh. So that word, if you will, word of faith, I know that's a doctrinal argument today, but that word of faith that created the worlds, that created the heavens, he came and it became flesh. And he dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. And his words today resonate in millions and actually billions of people's hearts. It has that much power. A third of the earth's population would claim Jesus as being, uh, well, I guess you could say, as, as would, would claim Christianity. But, and I mean, of course, the true followers are perhaps not that much. But still, we have all these people believing the words of someone. Now, you look at all the other religions, Islam, uh, there's Eastern religions, things like that. So you have literally half, not quite half of the world's population believes in the faith that Abraham began. Okay? So because Islam, Judaism, Christianity all come from Abraham. So Abraham started and these men walked out. Now we can see what happened to people who believed wrong words. Who believed uh, false testimony. We have people in Islam who believed the words of a prophet that they called a prophet who was after Jesus. They, and there goes uh, many, many, you know, people in that direction. And then we have people who did not believe that Jesus was uh, a Messiah and his words should not be listened to. And those people chose their line of thinking. And then we have people who chose to believe what Jesus said. And then we have examples of people who walked after him, the disciples and the apostles, who were his ambassadors. And this is this is how we have to look at this, okay? We have the people who have walked in faith. Those are the people that we can trust to show us the way. Because there is no absolute line. There was no lightning bolt from heaven that came down and inscribed anything other than the Ten Commandments. That's what God wrote with his own finger. But... This is what we need to understand, is that it takes faith to understand the Bible. Your own interpretation will never, ever uh, bring you to truth. You have to believe what the Holy Spirit is telling you. One of the biggest issues I've seen in this argument has been people's uh, opinions. They are people who like to interpret things their way. 
I'm the type of person who does want to interpret things, but I wanted to know the truth about it. I want to know what's truth, hence the name even for my website, Bible Truth Project. I want to know what the truth is in the Bible and how I can relate to it. What is what is the Bible saying to me? What is these men of faith lives speaking to me? And how can I learn what the truth is from their experience? And that is what is uh, necessary for me. And so I get into sometimes, you know, these discussions and people uh, start posting, you know, their doctrinal understanding of things. When that's fine, you can have doctrinal understandings. That's okay. It's, it's no problem. And they start getting really upset when somebody does not agree with them. They have perhaps a, a pet understanding of something that um, if you don't believe it that way, you, you're wrong and you're, you're deceived and you're going to hell, that type of a thing. And I always, uh, I always identify that spirit as being somewhat antichrist. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. The reason being is because Jesus himself um, never identified anyone like that. He never told someone, you are antichrist. He just said it's coming. There's a spirit coming of antichrist. But his message was not that. So I, I believe we have to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying, not to what my, my head is saying. And I think we can be informed by the Word. So we're informed by the stories of the people's lives, how they've lived, and what they've written down and recorded. And I, I believe it is absolutely inspired, and I believe God has put things in place so that we do get uh, not questionable stories um, there's definitely more people's stories out there. Look at bookshelves today, Christian bookshelves. You see them loaded full of books, people writing about their experience with God. And that's wonderful. But God has not seen fit in an authoritative way to establish those words as being foundational. And to me, that's really what the Bible is. It's, it's civilization's answer as being the foundation for uh, morality. It's the foundation for how we live our lives. It's the foundation of how our laws and governments are. It's the foundation of how we see the world is based on that book. And, those, and the stories in those books are men and women who lived before, who witnessed things, who saw things, and wrote about their faith, their experience, and their life, and what God did to them. From our standpoint... We see the full picture, okay? We see Genesis up to Malachi and then Matthew to Revelation. And we see this full picture. And we can see very clearly what was going on. But these men didn't have all those books. They only had perhaps a section or a portion or one or two. And we can see how seamlessly they fit together. They don't contradict each other. They fit together. And that is important because it shows you that there was one person in charge of directing what was being done, and that is the Holy Spirit. And some of these other books, some of these apocryphal books, when you read them, and I've read several of them, you you don't get that consistency. You don't have that flow. You can't can't tell that it's the same spirit uh, in these books. And that is something that a scholar will never be able to identify unless he has been filled with the Holy Spirit because it is only through discernment and being uh, 
I guess you would just say mainly just discernment, but but and 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 in reverence to what God is saying, that you'll be able to identify the truth and what is happening. And God reveals it in in stages. He doesn't reveal it up front. You can't just read a text and decide, okay, this is perfect and everything. No, the Holy Spirit will will, will reveal to you the truth that is in that book. Jesus promised that, and that is why the Holy Spirit had to be sent so that we can understand all truth. So. In reiteration, don't believe what scholars tell you. Don't believe what scientists tell you. Believe what God tells you. And he gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit so that we could enjoy uh, understanding what truth is and, and trusting him. And we can trust the Holy Spirit more than we can trust anything else. I've learned in life that many scholars here, there are people that you know study the word. They have many different opinions. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with different opinions. But there's many different ideas. But there is only one Holy Spirit. And there's only one Jesus. And there's only one Father. And they're one. And that's a whole different discussion with the whole Trinity thing. But we have to understand. We have to get back to the basics of understanding where faith comes from. It is my belief in something I cannot see, but most definitely exists. And my, my uh, faith in that power is also what makes the Bible come alive and be a real book, not just any other book. And I can tell you from my life that the, book, the Bible is not just any other book. It has been divinely inspired and directed to speak to my life and my life of faith. It is the Word. Now, that Word in flesh was Jesus. When He came... He was made, it was flesh, and that was the word embodied in a person. I just want to, uh, again, reiterate, look at the, 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 the progression of mankind from Abraham up to Jesus. And all these men were experiencing and looked forward to the day when one would come that would show truth, and Jesus came. Many rejected him, not all. Certainly people that didn't in the Jewish community uh, who were the guardians of the book, if you want to say that. The, the book that the Bible that Jesus used and the disciples used was not the New Testament. They used uh, the Jewish Bible and because to them was committed the oracles of God, like Paul said. They then established the new in uh, the experience that these men, these Jewish men had and experienced. They wrote this uh, New Testament and it's basically, you could call it the New Covenant understanding. And uh, our greatest example in all of this is Jesus. He was Word became flesh. And Word becoming flesh is more powerful than Word becoming text. I think uh, that is our ultimate example, is Jesus. If we look to Him, He is the author and He is the finisher of our faith. And He will direct us through the Holy Spirit into all truth. And we can trust that. So I encourage you to lay down your opinions, lay down your motives, lay down that for truth. And when you do that and you surrender to the Lord and you say, Lord, I want to know what the truth is here, he will move and he will show you the truth. That's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. Um, I'd love to hear from you if you want to drop a comment or something or contact and um, until next time, God bless.